0: Music legend, a rock and roll legend passed away this weekend. Phil Spector, the uh, well eccentric and revolutionary music producer who transformed rock music, uh, died at age 81. Uh, There's a story about that, too, of course. Uh, He died in California State Prison. Uh, He had been serving time for the murder of actress Lana Clarkson. Uh, And uh, it's a a very bizarre story. His whole life is a very bizarre story. Joining us to talk about all of this is our our good friend, Eric Alper, uh, music expert. Uh, Eric, uh, thanks for joining us. Great to have you with us again The program today.
1: Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm so glad that I talked to you specifically about this because I think in the last 24 hours that we've heard about Phil Spector's death, um, some questions have sprouted up in my mind about I think the role of the media and how it is reported or how certain aspects of the media reports on very very popular people. who have had a large, um, a, 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 a large piece of our lives when it comes to the music, in the case of Phil, that he created. How does that supersede the fact that he was serving twenty odd years for murder of somebody? You know, um, and that that's fascinating to me. in the last little bit is how Rolling Stone and Spin magazine, or Vanity Fair, or CNN um, are getting. A lot of flack online. Um, Even I had to take down my tweet that I put up Bill Spector because the audience wasn't so happy that I put that he was um, a music producer first instead of murderer. So this is all fairly new. And it's interesting the way that the media is kind of a little bit forced to change the way that they're reporting on stories these days. Well,
0: because there's a salacious aspect of this, and it was tragic, of course, the the, the murder of Lana Clarkson uh, in 2003, and and, and the, the bizarre story and the trial, which, by the way, was very, uh, 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 I think, accurately depicted in a, a movie that was, was HBO, I think it was, where Al Pacino played Phil Spector. You know, and, and yeah. that, it really covered the story quite well, and I thought Pacino grabbed the essence of, of just how. Bizarre, uh, Spectre got, especially as he got older. And, uh, and again, I know that was a factor of the trial itself, too, about his, his state of mind and a number of other things. But we don't want to retry the whole thing. Fact is, he was convicted of it. It was a terrible tragedy and he died in prison as a result of this. Uh, but that, and, and I'm not suggesting that his music, uh, chops, per, you know, supersede that, but it was a major part of his life. And we need to talk a little bit about the impact that that has when you've got people like, uh, like, like, well, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Brian Wilson, and so many others who became rock legends, saying that you know what, none of this would have happened without the production abilities of Phil Spector. Uh, that that tells you, I think, and gives you the essence of the of the import that he had on music industry at a very very uh, important time in the development of rock and roll, wasn't it, Eric?
1: Yeah, and a very early age too. You know, by the time that he was. You know, just 18 years old, a teenager, a kid, he he was changing the way that music was not only recorded in the recording studio. Because at that time, you know, in the 50s, the recording studio was just a place for the musicians to go. Somebody hit a button and that was it. You were essentially recording the performance. But Bill Spector wasn't the first to explore the potential of the musical expression that producers and the artists can have while being in the studio, Les Paul was doing this about 20 years before Phil Spector did, but he was the first one really to make music for teenagers. And when you hear the Do Run Run by the Crystals or Be My Baby by the Ronettes or Darlene Loves, you know, Christmas Baby, Please Come Mm -hmm. Home, that was music for the kids. And he was creating music that in his eyes was just as important and big and luxurious as Mozart and Beethoven. He didn't want to use just a four-piece band with a guitar and drums and bass and singer. He wanted to have orchestras in there. He wanted to have the drums jump out of the radio. And anybody that remembered the first time that they heard those amazing songs like You've Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers never forgets that. And that led to... People like Andy Kim and Bruce Springsteen and the Beach Boys creating music in that style, bringing music to a whole new generation of, of- Music
0: fans. There was an interesting twist about this too, is you, uh, the, about the methodology and it's all this wall of sound. And by the way, I remember an interview with uh, Hal Blaine and uh, Carol Kane, two of the great studio musicians in in the Wrecking Crew, of course, that were in on most of those sessions. And he said, you know, he, I said they asked him, how do you create the wall of sound? And he says, there's about 19 of us in this small room. And he said, how could we not have this? It was, but he wanted that. <laughs> he wanted he wanted busy busy activity. He wanted stuff going on, and there was a uniqueness to it. But with all of that, uh, we're told that in his in his studio his side of the studio he had a little what was a car radio and he said play it through that speaker because that's where the people are going to listen to it and that's where they're going to decide whether they're going to buy the record or listen to it forget about all these fabulous sound systems play it through a car radio a 1960s car radio speaker and and that was part of the magic he knew exactly how to market that music
1: artists today still do this when they finish a song the first thing they do is put it on a cassette tape or a cd and they stick it in their car and go for a drive. And that is how the music is, is you know, as much as we all want to talk about music streaming services or, or the success and, and viability of YouTube, um, you know, overtaking how music consumption or music discovery happens, the people today still were brought up listening to the car radio and listening to those, those songs that... Stay with them forever through that so it's interesting that that he was one of the first people to actually do that because he understood how music consumption actually happens how people feel where you you know most of his songs were really about sex but you know in the 50s you never mentioned any of them no, just... um, but you know the teenagers understood and more importantly the 12 to 15 year old girls understood because that was exactly who his target market was. He knew that those girls were going to be able to create superstars out of people literally off the street with a hit song that was created by Phil Spector.
0: Remarkable career, tragic uh, life story, but uh, to be remembered, I guess, for all time. Uh, Phil Spector. Uh, Eric, as always, thanks so much for your perspective. Great talking with you again today.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having Take me. So we'll definitely talk soon.
0: You betcha. Eric Alper, music expert, uh, talking about the life and uh, tragic uh, end of uh, Phil Spector uh, dying in prison after his murder conviction for the tragic death of Atlanta of, uh, of Clarkson.
1: The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.